0: What's going on, everybody? Randy and Fernando here. I am Randy Stryg.
1: And I am Fernando Ceballos.
0: And today we are talking about some career stuff and talking specifically about go-for-the-throat questions. So I'll open this up, and I use the term go-for-the-throat as as I referenced back in Chapter 1 of our podcast. Um, John Bain, my professor at UNT, kind of coined this phrase for me, and he taught me how to ask go-for-the-throat questions and and how I've used them to kind of grow my career to the point where it is. So, um, Fernando, what are your opening thoughts on something like a go-for-the-throat question?
1: Um, I follow Andy Fursella. Okay. Um, the CEO project, you know, CEO of uh, First Form, and he has a mindset of 100-to-zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not playing to play you like mm-hmm. I'm playing a win mm-hmm. and if you're not going to be playing to win the game and like just dominate like why are you even playing at all mm-hmm. so I completely agree with the idea of go for the throw because like, you're going for those kill shots yeah like if somebody's in your way you get them out of your way and if you're going you know for the top spot like you're gonna have to do some necessarily shady stuff but you're gonna have to do some things that are gonna you know move, get things moving
0: yeah and they're gonna make you uncomfortable yeah um so for me, I was pretty socially anxious growing up, and especially in college, uh, and I didn't really have the aptitude to to be assertive with anybody. And that was something my mom always tried to get me to be better at. And I would say I'm much, much more assertive now as an adult than I than I ever was. But I remember one of the first go-for-the-throat questions I ever asked was, when I was in college and I I'd, I'd met some, some people that ran a company, alumni folks, and I asked, hey, I want to intern for you guys. How do I do that? Can I come intern for you? And for me, I remember when I asked that question, it was I was so uncomfortable doing it. And now in, in retrospect, it's like, oh, that's just such an easy question to ask. But I think a lot of people still struggle with that that, that mindset of, hey, I want this thing. I'm going to ask you for it. And if you say no, that's fine. I'll go ask somebody else. And I, But it's so important for you to, to, you know, cut the anxiety at the head and just say, you know, I'm approaching this question because I need an answer to it. And I don't want to spend my time wondering whether or not uh, I'm going to get a yes or a no, because the only way you'll find out is if you ask that go for the throat question.
1: Yeah, I think also because I was the same way, like social anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, fortunately, unfortunately, like I was thrown into the wolves like early on as mm-hmm. a kid. Uh, so... For those of you who don't know, like, I grew up by a single mom. Actually, my mom my mom raised me as a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and back in the day, like, we couldn't pay bills. So instead of, I mean, yes, we were on welfare and all those other things. But even her working two, three jobs, like, we still couldn't afford things. Mm-hmm. So she was out there, you know, selling food, um, you know, making decorations for people. So at an early age, like, she would go with me and, like, she would tell me, go knock on that door and ask them if they want to buy a slice of cheesecake. Well, no, like I don't want to ask that. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Go knock on that door and ask me if they want to buy. Like, mm-hmm. it's what's the worst I can say? No. Yeah. Like, why would you feel humiliated? You're out there working. You're out there like doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like that same philosophy kind of ke- kept going in high school and and in college. And I remember in college, uh, my freshman year, I went on a mission trip, and I needed to raise five thousand dollars, and I only had a month to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I had other, you know, peers that were also going on this trip, who either had the money or their family helped them out. Some of them also raised funds. But I remember, you know, going to certain places in the beginning, I was like, Hey, I'm going on this mission trip. Would you like to support me? Mm -hmm. And they would give me like five bucks or a dollar. Yeah. Then I realized, you know, I have to go for the throw for these. Right. Yeah. I would go to doctors and I would say like, look, I'm looking for you to support me and be part of my team. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a donation of a hundred dollars. or something that you can do. Yeah. I'm looking for $500. And so like those simple questions is adding that amount like that was, quote unquote, going for the throat because you were going for what you were looking for.
0: Yeah, and but and how well did that work out for you?
1: It, I mean, I got my money in two and a half weeks. Exactly, yeah, and I ended we up raising have... extra money.
0: Exactly, and and without you, you know, breaching that that go for the throat question, it it wasn't going to happen. Like maybe maybe you would have gotten close, but I I very highly doubt that you would have been able to raise that five thousand bucks. It's it's so important to. Put your, you know, your anxiety aside and not think about it, and realize, hey, th- well, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. I can't do this alone. You know, set your ego aside and be willing to ask the question, regardless of the outcome. You know, focus on what you're doing. What is this action that needs to be taken to accomplish what I want to accomplish?
1: Do you think it changes when you're asking this question to certain people? I'll edit that out. And what <laughs> I mean by that is. Do you think if you were to ask a peer, one, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to ask someone beneath you, two, or if you were to ask somebody above you and then like an executive, Mm -hmm. how does those four levels, if you will, change the way you approach going for the throat?
0: It's definitely how you phrase the question. It's, you know, I was taught in school, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I, I truly believe that. Like if you want to give someone critique you could tell them that they're terrible at something and expect them to learn from it but obviously that's not the best way to go about it but if you say hey i see what you did here next time let's try and do it like this and you know by phrasing it just using the words next time you're alluding to the fact that you know there's no trouble that's going to happen here and that they're going to have another shot to learn and and to grow and it's just by adding those two words that that change how you're going to do it so in the instance of you know talking to you know varying social status people in your in your world of the go for the throat questions it's there's a different level of respect and and personability that the question has to have like if i'm working with someone i consider a peer i'll be a lot more candid with how i ask the question but if i'm going to talk to my boss and ask and ask him a go for the throat question i'm going to phrase it a lot more gingerly i'm going to add a lot more respect to it but i'm still i still have to ask the question and let's say like i wanted a raise i would i would go in and say you know hey uh thank you for letting me be here i really appreciate it i'm at a point where i think that i could be paid more and i'd like a raise you know it's as simple as that you you don't have to you you don't have to sugarcoat it and and dance around at the topic but at the same time you still have to be respectful be blunt a little blunt and you know, see how they're going to react. Cause it's either, like you said earlier, it's a yes or a no.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, the raise question is definitely one of those hard ones. Cause so many people are scared of, okay, what if I asked a question and they, they fire me? Like, why would they fire you? Right. Yeah. And then the other question is like, okay, what if I asked for the raise and they say no? Well, then they say no. and Like you're still paid the same amount. Mm-hmm. I think so many people have a difficult time finding their own self-worth. Yeah. And they allow other people's external validation or, or external numbers to put a price on what they're really worth. Yeah. And so, like you say it yourself, it's you go to your boss and you say, Hey, I think I'm going to point in my career where I think I should be paid more. And the reason is because I'm bringing more value mm-hmm. than I did when I was being paid X, Y, Z. Right. And now I think I believe I should be due times two, right? Whatever the case is. Yeah. But so many people just like don't know their worth. Uh, and that's what makes it so difficult to go for that throw because. I think confidence has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem, um, your own personal ego. Mm-hmm. Like those are, I think other factors that play into that mm-hmm. and how comfortable you are in asking those questions. So let me ask you this, like, did you see your self-esteem grow as your social anxiety went away? Quote unquote, I don't think that ever goes away, mm-hmm. but I think it definitely gets, you know, pushed down.
0: Yeah. And it's just kind of a, a comfort level thing. So, let's frame it in the instance of like uh, going to a new restaurant for the first time and you're not quite sure. Do I need to go see the hostess? Do, you know, how do I order and all that? And you're kind of, you know, you're thinking a little bit more than you typically would than going to your normal hotspot. But you know, let's say you go, you really like this restaurant and you go back a couple of times. Well, now you know how the system works and you're comfortable doing it. It's the same thing in my head, at least for, for anxiety like in and, and dealing with those questions the more you do it the less of an effect it's gonna have on you it's it's exposure therapy and you can you can go talk to your therapist go to your psychiatrist and get a prescription but at the end of the day it's up to you in order to embrace it and walk right into it that's that's the that's the only way to really overcome fear being fearless is great and all but i think being brave is more important like i'm scared to do this but i'm going to do it anyway and and by doing that you will become more fearless
1: yeah and i think for me it's been a like i have to immerse myself in it Mm -hmm. and you have to get the reps yeah it's like doing a sport or it's like doing a hobby like you have to get the reps and what i mean by that is like in a professional corporate setting Mm -hmm. You don't get to practice with your boss saying, hey, can I get a raise? Oh, never mind. Let me say it another way. Hey, can I please get a raise? Right. You only get one chance, right? Granted, you can maybe try a few weeks later or a few months later, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really important to even just role play, right? Yeah. Uh, Find a peer, find a mentor, find someone that can allow you to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and just to be able to say, let me practice this with you and give me... Like, authentic feedback. Like, don't sugarcoat it. Don't make me feel good about this. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to help me, like, be more intentional with the, with the way I'm asking this question. And So, going for the throw, like, it requires you to have a certain level of commitment to, yeah. the, to the way you want to be able to become. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, if you want to be someone who drives uh, influence in in your job, mm-hmm. like, you have to practice becoming a better leader. Right. And you have to practice being more, um, like, direct with the way that you lead people. So, like you were saying earlier, if you have someone who says, like, you're trash at this mm-hmm. and you're never going to be good at it, like, they're they're not going to be motivated to want to do things. Right. And so, when you're going for that throat, like, you have to be, like, you have to be able, um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, you have to feel comfortable with who you are and competent in who you are Mm -hmm. so that you can feel confident in asking those questions because you deserve to ask that question.
0: Yeah, and I I think another, another way to look at it too can be like, hey, this is who I am and I'm going to live who I am to my greatest ability and not be afraid of what other people are going to think of me. Like, I don't need this validation. I'm proud of who I am and you can either like me or not and that's fine. If you don't like me, we'll go our separate ways. And But but I think a lot of people, like you've said earlier, it, it becomes a self-worth thing. And they get so insecure about, well, if I, if I ask for this raise, I might get fired. Well, if you get fired for asking for a raise, you probably shouldn't, <laughs> like you probably don't want to have been working there to begin with. Like the people that are gonna do that are not people worth working for. Um, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Mm-hmm.
1: And so let's talk about like going for the throat, we we'll talked about corporate setting for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. What about just like your social life, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you think of any examples as far as maybe dating or maybe friends or maybe family that mm-hmm. you've had to go for the throat?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like making friends, I had to completely change how I how I viewed relationships just in general um, before I could really start making good friendships. And I had to frame it in a way that's like, you know, I I want to make a new friend and I don't know anybody in this room, so, you know, that's an uncomfortable situation to be in, but it's up to you to walk up to somebody and and make that first introduction, shake a hand, and and then have beyond a small conversation, which is always scary to do because you could, you know, say like, hey... I like playing Dungeons and Dragons and they're like, oh, what a nerd, get out of my face. But the people who do respond positively to that are going to be like, that sounds awesome. Like, let's, you know, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. And suddenly now you've made a really good friend. But it, it takes that that willingness to ask, the, you know, it's, it's to be vulnerable and, and jump into that, that pit of they may not like what I have to say, but at least I'm putting myself out there.
1: Yeah, I think for me, you know, the one that comes to mind... And that people are usually like uh, I don't know what the I can't think of the word, but like with my mom, mm-hmm. right? Um, When I was a when I was a senior in college, in high school, I had to make the decision of going away for college. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she says the story a little bit different. <laughs> um, This is the way I remember it. And so I remember telling my mom like, "Hey, I'm going go to college, and this is where I'm going." And I remember her telling me like, "Just stay here and get your basics." And then maybe one day you can transfer over. Mm -hmm. Like that we can kind of get acquainted with like you going to college and eventually you leaving. And I had to go for the throat. And I said, no, like Mm -hmm. I'm going away. It's eight hours away from here, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to college. Yeah. And you may see it as me abandoning abandoning you, but I'm not leaving you. I'm doing this because our family needs to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. This career, this job that I'm going to be able to get after I get my degree Mm -hmm. is going to allow us to have a better uh, way of life. And I'm just leaving, and so like that was me. Like some people, my some of my family still says that I abandoned my mom, mm-hmm. which is bullshit, because <laughs> um, I was doing it for the right reasons. And then some people got it. My mom eventually got it, like mm-hmm. six months in. So okay, he still calls me every day. I still talk to him. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't leave me because he doesn't love me. He left me because he loves me. Yeah. And I think so many people play it small and they're scared of hurting other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. But like, going for the throat isn't to kill someone else right sometimes it's because you just you you like i don't know like this is probably a wrong way of saying it but in my head i'm thinking in the sense of you want to help someone mm-hmm. if they're choking you go for the throat right <laughs> yeah like there's a way for you to like i don't know frame this in a way where you're not trying to kill someone yeah in the sense that we're talking about this but but yeah like that's the thing that comes to mind the most is I had to just go over there and just tell my mom, like, I'm I'm going to leave. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and life's too short to, to not go for the throat, in my opinion. Like, you know, you can, you can dance around the topic and, and make friends or date people, um, and, you know, have small conversations the whole time, but you're not going to build anything meaningful. And you know, let's say let's take dating for an example. You know, what are the what are the things you avoid in a normal dating conversation? And for a first date, you avoid politics and you avoid religion. I completely disagree. I think you if you are looking to date with the intent of having a long-term relationship, you need to find out. Let's find out early if you agree on those things, and let's not waste each other's time and build up some kind of, you know, superficial connection with each other. Like let's let's cut the crap and see what we're really like and not waste our not waste anybody's time
1: yeah funny enough my current relationship uh we're going on almost four years Mm -hmm. in a month or two but the the first time we finally got a chance to talk to each other we sat for 16 hours straight wow and we talked about everything Mm -hmm. and because like we really clicked right we really enjoyed having the conversation but there wasn't any superficial stuff on top like the weather and like this and that's like we were talking about raising kids talking about Mm -hmm. family talking about Like politics and like everything right and i think like that's what truly you know made us feel comfortable with each other because we were so open to one another Mm -hmm. and sometimes like going for that question that you're trying to ask it's like i want to get to know you yeah and if you keep being around the bush like you're you're not going to get the answers you're looking for yeah and if you keep being superficial they're going to be keep being superficial I guess for you right
0: yeah yeah and I mean you know me well enough to know that I don't really shy away from talking about my proclivities with with anybody and for the most part it's always a positive reaction like I'm very very open about being a gigantic nerd for playing Dungeons and Dragons among other things and most of the time people are very receptive to maybe they don't care about Dungeons and Dragons or maybe they don't even really know what it is but No one has been like negatively like, oh, you're weird or you're a nerd. If anything, they're like, oh, that's cool that he's talking about this thing that people don't normally talk about. And he's willing to be like, oh, this is, you know, it's different because everyone is going to have that easy conversation about the weather. But, oh, here's this guy that talks about something completely different. That's interesting. And it, it, it lets them build interest and ask questions. And, you know, and you can... Re- reciprocate and ask them the questions and and by you being the first vulnerable person i i tend to see people reciprocate that vulnerability and it's easier to make friends
1: yeah because people definitely want to know like they want to get to know people mm-hmm. and like yeah i could say oh randy he works in the you know real estate industry mm-hmm. versus like oh i know randy and, like he's super into D and he's mm-hmm. super into this and he like he loves philosophy yeah and you get him talking about like just life in general like he won't let you go. <laughs> right. But if you're just like, I just know Randy, like that's not, It's like knowing someone. Yeah. And so I think it's super important. Again, again, we keep going to the same like theme of this conversation is going for the throat. Like you have to feel comfortable like asking the questions. They're going to be a kill shot. Yeah. And, be, and what I mean by that is like me, going for you and like asking you that kill shot question Mm -hmm. is going to solidify the relationship and it's going to solidify the friendship Mm -hmm. but if i keep being superficial we're never going to have a real relationship
0: yeah and i mean and let's also frame it from the perspective of if you're on the edge about asking a question think about what that what that one decision will look like in five years from now if you look back in five years and be like you know does this question even really matter in the in the broad scope? Do you remember what questions you were asking five years ago? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to, to frame it in that perspective of, you know, n- n- just because it's a go for the throat question doesn't mean it's life ending or life altering. It's just a, hey, let's make this moment in this, this reality more impactful by doing something that I would normally be afraid to do.
1: So... For the people who say, "Okay, you guys are talking about all these things, but it, it's easy for you guys because you've been able to build yourself and you build your self-esteem to where you're a point where you're comfortable asking the question." Yeah. Do you think there's steps people can take to get to a point of comfort that they can ask those questions?
0: Well, I think they're looking at it backwards. You don't you don't build a, a point of comfort to where you can ask those questions comfortably, you start building comfort by asking those questions uncomfortably. Like that's how I did. And you you, the more you practice it, the reps you get in, the better you get at doing it. And suddenly it's like, oh, this isn't as big of a deal as I thought it was.
1: Yeah, I think uh the quote I don't what is it? I'm not gonna wait to feel like it to do it. I'm Mm. gonna do it to feel like it. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. And so the idea is like you have to just start. Yeah. Right. Um and get those reps in, but I, th- I think for me, people need to like find a way to like know why they're going for the throat, mm-hmm. right? And I and and I think it's I'm gonna be the very repetitive as far as every conversation goes, but like it goes back to like that why, like why are you trying to ask those questions? And I think knowing that why, is gonna make you feel more comfortable being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's gonna help you be more comfortable being. Um, authoritative mm-hmm. and just direct and so if you're thinking about like the job like why are you trying to ask that question about the raise mm-hmm. it's because i want to have financial independence yeah because what i truly genuinely want is freedom to be with my family
0: yeah or it's like maybe i, I want to buy a house I've, maybe i've never owned a house before and i want to have a roof over my head and have that pride of ownership so yeah totally agree
1: yeah so and so those knowing that why is is going to help you be more intentional and being comfortable and asking that question yeah so any closing thoughts that you want people to take from this from this podcast episode
0: yeah i think just to kind of wrap it up you need to ask go for the throat questions and it's not going to be comfortable at first and i mean there's still times for me when it's not comfortable but you've got to do it anyway and if you want to have in my opinion if you want to have a meaningful life you need to cut out the garbage and get to the good stuff but yeah what about you any any closing ideas
1: i think uh I think everything we talked about, I don't want to like essentially just <laughs> re-say what you just said. Sure. For the most part, like I think that, like, that's that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. You have to just be able to identify and say, you know what? This is a situation mm-hmm. where I have to go for the throat. Yeah. Like I have to ask, are we doing business or is this all BS? Mm-hmm. And if if they give you a no, then you move on. Yep. And just, I think uh, the the other thing that I want people to take away from this is, like the after, mm-hmm. like we ask, like the we asked ourselves, what's the worst case scenario? But what's the best case scenario? Yeah, right. Um, if people can start thinking about it that way, it's like, wow, I can get all of this if I just ask a simple question. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, great, great, great note to end
1: on. Perfect. Well, thank you all for taking the time to listen to episode number two. We look forward to bringing you out more content and uh, feel free to engage with us on on social media. On Instagram, um, on personal brands, and also on this on this page, and if you guys have any specific topics that you'd like for us to, you know, share some light on, shine some light on, shine shed, yeah, yeah, yes, some of those, Uh, just let us know. All right, yeah,
0: see y'all next time.